The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment. And greetings. It is a fine, a lovely evening here in Toronto. Good to have you along. Skulls here along with Alex Luchaferro. He is doing all the heavy living, the, uh, the the brains of the operation, courtesy of Sam Firu to Mark and LLP. You can reach out to uh, Alex anytime. We're not doing this lovely half hour of radio. one 855 Help at employmentlawyer.ca. If you have questions about uh, your work life, your job, your employment situation, maybe you're an employee or an employee, maybe a former employee or about to become one. You want to reach out, don't get the misinformation, and do not sign anything for sure. Make that phone call first. The main topic, and luckily I'm asking the questions, not answering them, termination of employment pop quiz. I'll be throwing these years, uh, your way, Alex. But first, you got a uh, something to discuss, case of the day. What's going on with you, pal? Hey, Johnny. Thanks very much. Great to be here, as always. We did it. Another uh, work day is in the books. Yep. Uh, John, well and truly into the work week now. And, of course, even better than that, we're back for another edition of uh, this wonderful show, the Employment Law Show, talking all of our favorite subjects, workplace rights, severance, temporary layoffs, you name it, really anything under the sun if it has to do with your work. And that's what we do, John, as you very well know, all day, every day, we speak to people who thank us for doing this show, thank us for informing the public on what their legal rights are when it comes to employment law, when it comes to workplace law. And listen, our callers on this show are a huge part of that, John, as you very well know. No matter how big or how small you think your problem is, it's always an important one. Uh, and again, we say this all the time, but it's so true. You can't let problems at work fester. Situations that fester, if you're dealing with a difficult boss or if you're dealing with some sort of change in your workplace, oftentimes those situations become worse not better as time goes on. They become more complicated. They become more difficult to resolve. So you want to get advice on whatever issue you're dealing with really as quickly as possible right away. And not only that, but by calling in and asking your question, not only you're giving, you're giving us a chance to help resolve your own workplace problem, but trust me, you're helping a lot of other people out there as well who are dealing with the exact same kind of issue. Uh, as you are so pleased, we want to hear from you. It's your chance to speak with an employment lawyer. Uh, and as you mentioned, uh, John, to get us warmed up for the show tonight, and as we typically do, uh, we start off the show with a segment we call the case of the day. It's an opportunity to talk about a matter, uh, as I was just describing, someone who was in a desperate situation, struggling at work, and needed to reach out to somebody and have a conversation about how they fix that problem. And so this lady reached out to us and was put in touch with me, uh, John, and I spoke with her just this afternoon. Uh, I mean, really about an hour and a half ago, we were on the phone uh, together. So let me lay out the situation here briefly, uh, John. This was a lady uh, who's in an account executive role. It's basically mm-hmm. a sales position, uh, John, but high-level stuff. She was in the tech sector working in uh, sales, making a very good income, uh, a combination of base salary and commission pay. She had only been with the company for about three years or so, uh, uh, John, so a decent stint with the same employer, but she's not an an extraordinary long-service employee. 
Interestingly, her performance record, John, has been stellar. I mean, last year she was one of the top salespeople within the company, and the company is an international one, by the way. So that is no small feat for somebody to be in the top three of, of salespeople worldwide, to the extent, John, that this year she uh, she's going on a uh, all-paid-for trip uh, to Italy, actually, uh, and as a reward for her performance. And lo and behold, John, and this is something we see quite often, uh, after only a couple of weeks of having a performance review and being told that she was a top, top performer, really out of nowhere, her employer came to her and put her on a performance improvement plan. Hmm. Now, for those of you do, that don't know, a performance improvement plan is effectively uh, a document that outlines concerns that an employer has with respect to the employee's uh, performance. It's usually one step along the uh, line of progressive discipline that an employer will implement if they're trying to correct, correct behavior, of course, but also along the path of potentially a termination of employment. So this lady found herself in a very strange space, uh, John, where on the one hand, just a couple of weeks ago, she was being praised from her performance, albeit, I guess, her performance last year. But, you know, just a couple of weeks later, she's being criticized and being told that her performance needs to improve or else. And she's upset, obviously, by the situation. She's worried that her employer is trying to line her up for a termination. Uh, and wanted to know what she should do in the circumstances in order to protect her rights, protect her interests, and make sure that she's doing things properly as she moves through this process. So I gave her, uh, a John, and what I wanted to relay to our listeners this evening are some fundamental tips for this kind of situation. Again, when you're dealing with criticism of your performance or what we call a performance improvement plan. Right. Number one, as any employee out there, if you disagree with the performance criticisms, you have to respond in writing to your employer. You have to effectively uh, formally and officially protest uh, their concerns and put that in writing so that you have a record of it moving forward if it becomes an issue two months from now or six months from now or whenever. Mm -hmm. Right? Don't just blindly sign off on a performance improvement plan if you don't agree with it. Right? If you don't agree with it and you have... Uh, objective, constructive responses as to why you don't agree with it. Maybe it's about performance metrics or sales quotas. It could be anything, right? Put that in writing, explain why you disagree with it, and that'll be your response. Secondly, John, what I told this individual is, this might be a, a kind of a power play from the employer. They might be trying to bully her into quitting her employment, making life uncomfortable for her and forcing her to quit. What I told her is, don't quit, play defense in the manner I just described. Play smart defense by, again, responding to the performance improvement plan. This way, the employer may ultimately have to end up terminating the employee, which is my point number three here and my final point, which is that in this context, John, when this employee for three years had phenomenal performance and out of nowhere they're being put on a performance improvement plan, even if the employer decides to let her go, John, and by the way, they would have the right to do so. There's nothing stopping this employer from letting right. an employee go. They would have the right to let her go, but there's no question she would be owed severance here. Even if they had some performance concerns that were legitimate, they would still owe this employee severance. Her severance entitlements would be based, John, on her age, position, and years of service. The employer doesn't get a discount because it thinks it had performance concerns. She's owed her regular full severance entitlements like any other 
employee. And if ultimately that's what happens, her responding to the performance improvement plan in the way that I suggested she uh, she do protects herself, protects her severance entitlements. For all our employees out there listening to this, if you're being if you're in that situation where you're dealing with a performance improvement plan and you feel like your employer is trying to kind of put you between a rock and a hard place. Again, the analogy here is play smart defense. Respond in a measured, objective, reasonable way, disagreeing with it. Don't sign the plan, right? And if the employer lets you go, you're still going to be owed your full severance entitlements. And with that, we'll take a short break and get to Steve, who is standing by on the phones. We return right here. The Monday Night Edition Employment Law Show is continuing. Stand by. You're listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment. And we are back. Thank you for hanging on. Yeah, the best part is answering the phone calls and talking to you. So we'll uh, we'll get that happening right now. Steve, thanks for hanging on, fella. How are you? I'm not too bad. And yourself? Good, sir. What's on your mind? Um, I work for a company that works all year round, and um, they they consider as a seasonal company, even though we work all year round. And I was just curious on how the overtime works with that. Yeah, it's an interesting question, Steve, only because it doesn't really matter kind of what the company does. What matters are your specific terms of employment. So my question to you in response would be, well, are you a seasonal employee? Are you kind of routinely working for a season and then laid off for the winter, for example? Or are you a year-round employee? Oh, I'm a year-round employee. I've been with the company for 13 years. Got it. And and, And what's the specific job that you do? Um, I'm, I'm a driver. I go to the job sites for the company. Okay. And and so, so this is kind of local driving? Uh, for the most part. Got it. Okay. So, uh, listen, when it comes to overtime, you're certainly owed overtime. If you're a driver, the uh, calculation is, is, uh, somewhat different, Steve. There's a different... Uh, kind of breaking point for overtime pay for drivers, for regular employees, of course, so depending, if you're doing other stuff in addition to driving, you know, the regular overtime pay threshold is 44 hours a week. Uh, uh, right for drivers, it's different. So, listen, those overtime, to be clear, Steve, those overtime rules apply whether you're working seasonally or not, uh, uh, right? So if you feel like your employer is not paying you the proper amount of overtime, you're working more than 44 hours a week or more than 50 hours a week and you're not receiving overtime, there may very well be a problem there regardless of whether you're working re- year-round or not. The other okay, issue that uh, comes up here... Yeah, go ahead, Steve. I, I'm, a, I'm a driver, but I'm only a G driver. Okay. So listen, That's again, th- there's still going to be an overtime entitlement there. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. So again, if you're working over 44 hours a week, uh, uh, right, there's going to be an entitlement uh, there, regardless of how many weeks in the year you're working. Right. This is a week-to-week or potentially a bi-weekly analysis. More interestingly, what I was also going to mention, Steve, is if you've been working for the company kind of a year in and year out the entire year, 
and all of a sudden they're now telling you that you're a seasonal employee and they're laying you off for a certain period of time that layoff steve that temporary layoff may be a constructive dismissal it may be a breach of the terms of your employment if you signed up for a full-time year-round gig and now they're changing the rules of engagement on you and calling you a seasonal employee you may have some rights and protections there something to keep an eye out for if you haven't been laid off yet but they're starting to call you a seasonal employee for one reason or another whether it's related to overtime or whether they're trying to lay you off that's a red flag uh, right. What I might suggest you do is, if you can't figure the situation out with your employer directly, give us a call at the office. Of course, John will give you the number as he's done over the course of the show. Let's have a chat private, privately uh, off air, figure out what the overtime issue is and if you're owed anything there. It sounds like you might be. Uh, and if you've been laid off from your work, Steve, that would be something else to address as well. Yeah, unfortunately, they can't lay me off. <laughs> yeah. So. Good. Yeah, Steve, I'll give you the right. I'll give you the number here, pal. Is you're going to call one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred again one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred, and you can reach out through email as well. Help at employmentlawyer.ca. John, you're up next, pal. How are you? I'm good. How are you guys? Okay, what's what's going on with you? What's your concern? Uh, so I'm in a situation kind of like what you described at the very beginning, where. Um, I was in a role and my performance was pretty good, but then my I had a new boss and we don't seem to see eye to eye. And he approached me the other day saying that my role was re- going to be made redundant, but they're trying to find another role for me mm-hmm. in, the, in the organization. Um, I'm not necessarily wanting to take that other role. So my question is, can I ask for what that role is going to look like and also what my severance package would look like in writing at the same time and absolutely options i think i think that is something that you have to do uh, john because otherwise it'd be very difficult to make a decision as to whether you want to accept that role or what you know what your what the company's severance offer may look like right without something in writing in detail and and that's exactly the question i was going to ask you john which is has all of this been in conversation or have you received anything in writing yet i have not received anything in writing and that's kind of the mo of the organization Mm -hmm. i've already taken a restructure of my job about three months ago that i did by good faith um but i'm losing that faith right now a restructure um, so, a restructure meaning your position changed to a degree uh the position didn't change but the accountabilities within the position changed okay so i still have the same job title i still have the same uh salary um however they're recognizing my value one side is wrecking my value the other side is recognizing that i'm maybe a threat does that make mm-hmm. sense a new manager coming in sure um we see it often, so, unfortunately. Yeah, so I'm wondering now, The what I'm worried about is if I ask for these two, if I ask for, okay, what are my options in terms of severance versus a new position? Um, I just had a performance review about a month ago, and it was good. This They might try and performance me out. So what is my length of time between... Mm-hmm. them trying to okay well you didn't offer you didn't take this you didn't take this so we're going to performance you out yeah good question and as i mentioned at the top of the show john that's actually uh not something i'd be overly worried about um how long okay. have you been with the company 
Uh, three years. Three years. Okay. Yeah, not something I'd be overly worried about. If your performance has been strong to date, even if they have some concerns with performance, there's no way that they're going to be able to use that to their advantage from a severance negotiation point of view. You're going to be owed your severance no matter what, even if they have some some uh, minor recent concerns about your performance. I'd be more worried about whether that position being offered to you, John, is significant demotion, or if it's a significant reduction in your pay, you'd have absolutely no obligation to accept that position. And you, okay. and if you decline it, well, and they want to let you go, then it would be a termination, and you're owed your full severance entitlements. Where okay. things get hairy, uh, John, as, as one last point here, where things get hairy is if the position being offered to you is comparable, and it's either at the same rate of pay and same level, let's say within the company seniority-wise, uh, in that kind of situation, they can potentially hold that position over you as leverage to reduce your severance entitlements. How do you define comparable? It's a great question, and, and uh, you know, beauty is in the eye of the beholder, of uh, of course. But hopefully, there's some, you know, comparable means it has to be roughly the same, not exactly the same. If we're talking about pay. I'd say it has to be within 10% of what you're currently making. If we're talking position, it has to be within, let's say, the same you know, level in terms of the company's hierarchy, right? It can't be viewed as an obvious demotion. Listen, here's my only because we can't, you know, we we can't go into this uh, in detail uh, live on the air, John. Yeah. And listen, th this should be obvious by now. This is a relatively complicated situation where you need to assess the, the position on offer and also assess the severance offer. Uh, your severance yep. entitlements are going to be potentially significant even as a three-year employee. Uh, I, I don't think it's any problem asking your employer to put both in writing. You take those, that documentation and you give us a call right away and we need to have a chat in detail okay. about what's on so offer there's here. No, there's no punitive damage by asking for both in writing. Absolutely not. It sounds problem. like you've already been offered them anyway. Uh, right. If the company's serious about this and serious about trying to resolve this, they need to put it in writing. And then, just to confirm, you you mentioned that I could have to potentially take a ten percent pay cut if something is comparable. Is that accurate? What you said? Yeah, not not necessarily. I'd say ten percent might be the threshold. Where if it's within that ten percent, it might be considered reasonable. It also depends okay. maybe on some of the other components of your compensation, whether th anything is changing. There, it also depends on the position as well. It's a it's an analysis of both issues kind of combined, right? Okay. So if the you know if the percent but it's a significant enough change to your position those two things combined it might be enough for you to quite reasonably refuse it so okay all right uh, give oh, us a great. call john once you have that information it'll be a, a, an extremely important conversation uh, to have thanks john going to move on to uh, to joel hey joel thanks for hanging on pal how are you good and you good what's uh, what's on your mind okay so what happened was um, i was transferred to another location in my company and I was supposed to be hired there. They actually went through the process of interviewing me for that location. And, and you know, I wanted a little bit more money for going there because a little bit further. And uh, anyway, they just let it go. And now what happened is um, they, they hired another another guy there a lot, for less money than me. And they sent me back to my original location. So I think they're going to use that as leverage because I know what places are closing down. 
and they're going to say, well, if you want your job, you're going to have to go there for more money, uh, for, for the same amount of money. Can they do that, or is that potentially... I, I don't know what, what, what I have to do then. Yeah, is this a new location, Joel, or you would be you, would you be going back to the location that you originally started at? Exactly. Yeah, so they may be they may be allowed to ask you to go back. It's you know especially in a situation where they're doing it to keep your employment, uh, right? Unless Joel, there are some uh, extenuating circumstances. Like for example, if you had to you know, move homes or move your family around to accommodate this new location and now it's going to be very difficult for you to move back. You know, if we're talking about locations that are very far apart, you may have the right to take exception to that. How, what's the distance between these locations? Where are we talking exactly? Well, we're talking within 100 kilometers. Okay, fair, fair enough. I mean, that's close enough, although if, it, if, it's, if that's within 100 kilometers you know, across the GTA during rush hour, that, that's a that's a that's a different story, obviously, right? So, uh, so how close? To, give me give me some rough rough locations. About eighty kilometers. Okay. Um, the distance between my home and the, and where I'm working now it's about twenty kilometers, and where I have got to it. go is eighty kilometers. Understood. So when did you when did I, you I initially have, move? I do have emails that saying that, you know, we're going to interview me and all this, and I have that all documented. So to me, yeah. I consider that as, you know, a slap in the face and, and you know, you're fired. If you don't want this job, then see you later. How long have you been in this new location, Joel? Uh, well, I've been there. I started there for three, four years, and then I moved to this other location for mm-hmm. about 14 years. Then I came back, and now it's just started again within this past two years. To go uh, to go back and forth. Okay. So uh, okay. why did they hire another guy there when they knew they needed me? I, I don't understand what their logic is. Yeah, it could be a number of could be a number of factors. Number one, they could be trying to force you out, uh, uh, Joel. Also, they can be under the impression that because you've moved kind of a few times over the course of your career there, that you're that you're kind of open to it, right? That you're one of those guys that are kind of flexible enough that you'd be willing to do it. If it's going to cause you a huge amount of inconvenience, uh, uh, Joel, and listen, going from you know traveling to work 20 kilometers to going to you know, travel to work to 80 kilometers, right, is a big difference. Uh, I would, I I would professionally, kind of calmly and coolly, resist, right? Say, listen, guys, I've done this, I've done this in the past, I've done it for you before. You know, I was assured that this that this would be my location for the long term, and so I don't agree. Uh, right, I need to stay where where I want to be. It might also be important, Joel, to have a look at any kind of employment contracts that you signed. I'd want to know if there's contractually anything that allows them to move you or not. If there isn't, and if there isn't, that's a good thing. Your hand is a little stronger uh, there. Uh, What I would suggest you do is, again, resist, kind of, you know, have have an honest, open conversation with them to say, I don't agree with this. Right, I want to stay where I am, and if yeah. they continue to give you a hard time, uh, Joel, we can potentially get involved here, right? And I'm not talking to anything overly aggressive or kind of going at an employer guns blazing, uh, right? Just perhaps laying out uh, what might be your entitlement here to keep your workplace might be the right way to do it. We might be able to resolve something for you uh, here. It's a tough situation, Joel. I'll tell you this: it's a tough situation only because you have gone back and forth 
a number of times. If that wasn't the case, right, if this would have been the first time that they've asked you to move, you would have very clearly had the right to say no. The fact that you've gone back and forth does muddy the waters a little bit. And that is it from wall-to-wall phone calls. Thank you so much for reaching out to Alex. Now that we're done, one 821 5900 Help at employmentlawyer.ca. Employment Law Show. Enjoy your night. The preceding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment. <laughs>